Hello, everyone. Good morning. You're watching Covfefe Break on Unsafe Space. If you need a little Covfefe, this is the place to get it. Uh, today is Monday, April 19th, 2021. I'm Carter, and this fine young lady over here, who's off camera doing whatever, is Carrie. Good morning, Carter. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. Uh, <sighs> let's see. I've got the right audio. Here we go. Look. You, sound, you look good. You sound good. You just, you know, when you're in frame, it's all good. I have a, uh, I have, I'm in a good mood and I want to share some positive things today. Share. Um, but first, uh, quickly, oh. yesterday we had our, our third speakeasy. The speakeasy is our attempt to try to do some exclusive content for our paid subscribers. So we we hang out and talk about yesterday we talked about art and what's art, what's beauty. Um, we talked about uh, where people derive their morals if they, you know, different whether they derive them from God or otherwise. And I enjoyed it yesterday. I, I I'm yeah. like, as I said yesterday, I'm not a I'm not a small talk kind of person. Like, so I don't want to talk about the weather or sports or whatever. But it was a great it was a great discussion. So we yeah. are and also, you let it. Thank you. Yes, we are also um, going to start using our. Now we've been saying this for a while. We're going to start using our locals more often. We just need help figuring out how to do all the that kind of the pay. I don't know. We're both old fogies, but we are going to put this up on locals. We're going to we put it on locals, that. and we're going to start using that community more. So if you guys are already on locals, you can follow Unsafe Space there. It is free to be a part of the community. I think uh, it is $5 at the first paid level for like extra stuff. But we've been working with them and they're helping us figure out what to do there. So uh, thank you for everyone who came to the Speakeasy. And also yesterday, I went to one of my friends is running for city council. And they we had a crawfish boil and a party to you know promote early voting. And it was great fun. And I got really excited about local elections again and I, I really think local elections are the place to focus our energy and whether you are a person i know there's people in our community who've said they're running for things if you're running for something in our community let us know it doesn't guarantee we're going to promote you but let us know we'll see if we like if we want to we'll see and we just, we're you, just taking a survey <laughs> yeah well i was thinking we do have some social justice warriors who watch us i don't know if i'd want to promote their campaign but uh anyway it depends on what your what your beliefs are but uh let us know if you're running for office and also if you have friends who are you think would be good for office you could be that person that's encouraging them to get out there and do it so that's all that's my public service announcement School as much boards. as I'm not a fan of politics, I do I do think local politics is more important than yeah. national politics. Um, School board, you know, stuff like that. It's it, I mean it's the the at the super local level, you're basically that's kind of the community level where people make you can actually get widespread agreement on things and like if you're in a small enough community, but. And we have a couple social justice. Well, we have a big social justice warrior on our city council. It's moving into our community. And just one. Well, no, we have two now because she recruited one who ran in one. And now I think she's trying to get a third one on there. She's like grooming these social justice zombies and then getting them to run for board with her in different districts. 
So I think in the <laughs> Bay Area, it's a requirement to be a social justice warrior to run for. Oh yeah, you guys are <laughs> a board seat. <laughs> yeah. People sometimes are like, "Oh, you should run for something, Carter." I'm like, "Not what would I possibly run for in Cal? I don't. I couldn't run for dog catcher and win in the Bay Area. Like, there's no <laughs> like." <laughs> I don't know if they have dog catchers here, actually. We probably don't. We probably talk to the dogs nicely and you try and convince them to come back. Call in a social worker. Um, <laughs> so here's something I want to start off with. I know you probably have things to talk about. Well, can we start off with this? I think we should start off with this. So we talk all the time about social justice ideology, bad ideology that's moved into the arts and entertainment and into culture. Our podcast, if it's your first time here, Unsafe Space is really is really an, a, a culture podcast. We do talk about politics in the news um, necessarily, but we are more focused on ideas and um, and on culture and on, on changing the culture because the culture is currently under sway of this evil belief system that says, the best way to look at the world is as a competition for power among identity groups and that we all need to judge and treat each other differently on the basis of what race we are and what sex we are and what sexuality we are. And that's a terrible ideology and it's infiltrated uh, all of mainstream uh, entertainment corporations. It's in some of our churches now. It's so, so what I want to do is when we see people who are doing art and are doing artistic things that are not, that's not woke, I think we should support those people and 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 ch take a look at their work. If you don't like if you don't like it, if it's not your cup of tea, like I know some people said Tom McDonald is not their cup of tea. That's fine. You don't have to share it, but give it a look. He's making an effort. He's doing it himself. At least check it out. So I've got three videos here. I just want to show a little bit of the beginning of each one if we can. These are three people um, from roughly I'd say from our community. Um, one of these is. Let's see, the first one I sent you. Okay, this guy's amazing. What, this guy's... what order should I do them? In the order you sent them here? Yeah, let's pull up the first All one. Right, hold on, let me let me pull it up. By the way, thank you for the super chat, Captain's Log. He says, I am Carter Laren. My first act on the city council is to abolish government and taxes. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, and thus ends my political career. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Okay, this guy's name is Jeremy. His YouTube channel, you guys can find him on YouTube, Instagram, he's on Twitter and Facebook. He's called Journal Poems. J. Ernal <laughs> Poems. But just look up Journal Poems, you'll find him. He's a poet and a spoken word artist. He's got a lot of amazing videos. He came all the way from Fort Worth to my church's uh, faith and film event the other night. And was saying you know i got the show check it out i checked it out later that night and i was blown away this guy's i think i think very good um so this first one i picked one of the ones he's got some christian one themed ones kind of i picked one that's about critical race theory so we can just watch the beginning of this this guy all right here we go in 2020 a virus swept across the earth it wasn't novel it wasn't an accident it put a lot of people in hospitals but not quite in the way you think. It wasn't Trump's fault. It didn't come from China. It came from a land called academia, when the progeny of a long line of postmodernists stuck a pitchfork into the grave of Marxism and lightning struck. Just our luck, it 
crawled up out of its resting place and immediately turned its mutated, murderous eyes on race. This resuscitated cancer began dismantling humanity, disrupting progress, and deconstructing everything it could find. See, this virus infected minds. It was so insidious that it took good people and twisted them to its purpose. It took every gesture, every greeting, every glance, and insisted that we interpret them in the most hideous way possible. It was all the buzz. It taught that character didn't count, but that melanin does. Okay. It coerced allegiance. Okay. We have we have some sound uh, issues. I apologize, guys, for the distortion. Oh, is and it too loud? It's too loud, and there was a bit of distortion happening. I'm not sure why. Well, that's because it's too loud. That's why distortion happens. Sorry. It's, it's called clipping. Oh. Uh, that's all right. This is what happens when we just don't, we don't prep for anything. We just throw shit up. I didn't prep. I didn't do any, like, sound checks on my other computer, so. My bad, guys. Right. We didn't I'll do turn it down. Checks. I'll turn it down for the next one. I'll turn okay. it down for the next one. Okay. I'm sorry, guys, your poor ears, but please check out journal poems. There's one he has called Little Drummer Boy that is just, I think, amazing, especially for anyone in the audience who is Christian. Uh, I think it's it's very moving. And even if you're not, I think it's very moving. It's about poetry. And um, so that's one. Then there's this guy, Five Times August. This is a singer-songwriter. And he has a new song out called Jesus, What Happened to Us. <laughs> and it's got a lot of footage that you guys may recognize in the video from the internet, from a lot of SJW meltdowns. And I think this song is also very moving and is perfect commentary on where we find ourselves today. And you can find him on YouTube and on Twitter and Facebook at Five Times August. So here's my request to people in the audience. I will pay attention to super chat or to chats this time. Tell me if I need to adjust the levels because I can't I have there's literally no way for me to know what it sounds like for you. So that's just the way it is. So uh, let me know if I need to turn it down or something. The name of the channel, Con. Leave the church, kill your faith, judge the skin. I didn't see that before. Make yourself yeah. the enemy. Miss Info Live, Miss Info coverage. He's renamed all the rules. Be a fool. Remove your kid from school and apologize for everything. Yeah, I really like the way he used the Chiron at the bottom. Now give the TV. Yeah, he, he, uh, he, I'm just, I don't want to yeah. say the whole thing. Cause yeah. Uh, he, uh, he reminds me of like, um, this is going to piss people off who are, who are, who like music, but 
He reminds me of Bob. He's got like a Bob Dylan thing going on. He kind of sounds like Bob Dylan to me. He doesn't sound like Bob Dylan to me, but I think I know what you mean. It's that folk song, a political commentary kind of thing. But Bob Dylan's got that real annoying voice. That'll piss people off like Bob Dylan. I don't really <laughs> I was gonna like say. Uh, Yeah, that'll piss people off more. So I'm going to stick by. This guy sounds like Bob Dylan. I'll be the good guy here. Not to me. Uh, um, okay, so that's five times August. And right. then the last yeah, one, more. one is Chris Williams. You guys may recognize him. We've had him on D program before. I've been on his channel before. He is a Christian uh, and a rapper and... Um, a really amazing guy. I love this guy. So his channel is called K Dub True, K D U B T R U. And he has a new song and video out called I'm Black. <laughs> this one's good. And there's a little sketch at the beginning. All right, here we go. about social justice issue just don't know what to do only there was a way to show my repentance a black man yes thank you ah pastor i'm gonna text you (laughs) pastor there's a black voice coming my way at least play the first few bars of the song which starts right after the sketch um uh, how are you today <laughs> whoa whoa take it easy big fella but wonderful weather we're having here in america huh how are you doing yeah uh, you know I, I, how do you feel now now that that racist white supremacist bigoted President Donald Trump is out of office, you know? How's it going? <laughs> See, actually, I was quite saddened because, I mean, look, let's look at the facts. Trump actually helped the black community. I mean, more jobs were provided to black community more than any other president, more than Obama. I mean, let's talk about Biden's racist comments <laughs> he said about the black community. I mean, and then not wait, to bring wait, up, I mean, any Christian with about? any kind of hermeneutical exegesis oh and anything like that would know quite plainly the things that Biden supports, any Christian cannot support. I mean, let's let's just look at the facts. Actually, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. <laughs> you're not even black. I'm out of here. What about my black experience? I am black. <laughs> I am black. <laughs> Just in case you didn't know, yeah. I'm 
might wear a mega hat. I might give Trump that. I am not Democrat. Just because I'm black, we are not all the same. Don't have to think the same, yeah. Cause I got my own brain. Might rock a Trump chain, yeah. Heck no, I like woke. CRT is a joke. And if you disagree, yeah, I want all the smoke. Uh, all whites aren't racist. Everything's not racist. It's sad I have to say this. Put this on your playlist. I hate abortion. It's killing babies. Margaret Singer's dream is crazy. I love my country. No, I'm not a all right, white all right. supremacist. Okay, I love wait, wait, wait. She love me so glad she not a she's feminist. She's not a feminist. A okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So this is Chris Williams. Again, you can find his channel. It's KW2 KDBTRU. And he's also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, and I just think, like I said, I know people have different tastes when it comes to music and poetry. And um, if it's if something's not your cup of tea, no issue. I, I mean, that, that's it's all subjective. Oh, there's Jer there's Jeremy. This is Journal Poem Super Chat. This is oh, the first guy oh, we cool. watched with the sound problems. I'm so sorry for the sound problems. Maybe we could play a clip of one more. He says, thanks for sharing, Carrie. The Super Chat is in the mail. Seriously, though, the feeling is mutual. Thanks to you and Carter for providing an unsafe space for us where truth can roam free. You guys have to check out Jeremy. Um, watch the Little Drummer Boy and watch the rest of the CRT one that uh, that we messed up the sound on. But... But again, even if something is not your cup of tea, I'm not saying it's your job, like a like a woke warrior to you have to share. Don't no. But if you you're like racist if you don't like it. Let's just summarize. <laughs> but if you like it, share it because we have to support people in whatever way that means to you, even if it just means checking it out. I think we need to start supporting people who are brave enough to do art that challenges this predominant woke ideology and. I am so happy that every day I'm meeting more people who are doing poetry, music, um, art, uh, comic books, you know, putting themselves out there creatively and not bowing to the status quo. And it, anyway, I want to start with that positive bit of news. So there's three creators to go look at. Put your camera down a little bit so your head's up in the top of the screen so when we get super chats, it doesn't cut off your mouth. There you okay. go. Yes, sir. <laughs> okay. <laughs> or not. It's up to you. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, what's, it's interesting that you brought this. The last one, the last video is interesting to me in light of, did you see that um, paper that Eric Kaufman wrote from the uh, Manhattan Institute? No, I don't think so. What is it? It's it's really fascinating. It's called The Social Construction of Racism in the United, United States. I think it was Thomas, St. Thomas, who sent me this. But basically, um, there's a couple major findings in this paper, but he, he, he reviews data. He actually has does his um, surveys himself as well. But a couple of the key findings, one of the key findings is that um, – the attitudes towards people over race as an issue in the United States are completely disconnected from the reality of race relations, which are actually never, they've never been better in reality. Um, but the attitude, like what people think they are, is actually much worse than what they are. And the 
misinformation. So I'm just going to read this one key finding, which I find fascinating. Eight in 10 African Americans surveyed believe that young black men are more likely to be shot to death by the police than to die in a traffic accident. Wow. Only one in 10 disagrees, which means one, one of those 10 didn't know. So they chose, I don't know, or whatever. But only one in 10 African Americans didn't think that it was more likely to be shot to death by police than die in a car accident. Now, just to be clear, it is orders of magnitude more likely to be die in a car accident. It's not even close. Like, it's not even close. It's 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 no. It's literally. I would say it's at least. It's at least three orders of magnitude more likely yeah. to die in a car accident. Um, Can I say something about this? Yeah. I've- because I've seen some of these vi- videos that have gone viral in the past year since woke ideology went viral. And since a lot of these lies, these narrative, these false narratives like this, that right. that black people need to fear for their lives at the hands of police, which is a lie. They are gaslighting you. They are trying to make you scared. They're gaslighting everyone, actually. And, and... It's a lie. And and since those things went mainstream, I've seen a couple of videos that went viral where they've uh, one was of a, a little girl, a black girl, and the mom was videotaping her. Uh, that's an old word videotaping. She was shooting <laughs> footage on the camera. You can say videotaping. <laughs> yeah. As um, there were some police sirens in the distance. And the little girl, I can't remember, it's been a while since I saw it, but she started crying and basically was saying something to the effect, you know, she was scared that she heard sirens. She thought the cops were coming to kill her. And the mom posted it and they and the video went viral. And of course, social justice warriors were like, look at what we've, look at this, look at what we've done to the, our, our children, to, you know, black children are so afraid when they hear the sirens. And I'm like, yes, yes look what you've done. <laughs> look at what you've done to our children. You've done this. It's disgusting and it's awful. And you've given children, just like with the mask stuff, you've made children afraid on the basis of, on the back of lies. And you should be ashamed of yourself. You've done this. And they don't even get it. They share those videos like, this is what it's like to be a black. No, it's not. You've created this. You did this to your kid by feeding them lies and fear. Sorry, that just remembering that kid and 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 the fact that they don't even get it i've seen the same stuff with masks there was a mom a post i saw she was talking about her kids um crying and and being too afraid to play on the playground because there were other kids there without masks and meanwhile the same mom was posting all kinds of stuff about how she won't let the kid kiss her without a mask on and stuff or, or hug granny without a mask and I'm like, you did this to your child. Your ch- your child is crying and in fear, not because there are kids in the playground, but because you're a terrible mother who's instilled your child instilled your child with fear and with a false narrative. Shame on you. And then you post about it to get kudos, like a crazy personality disordered trophy mom. Give me, give me cookies. Give me kudos because my child is going through something awful at the hands of COVID. It's awful, isn't it? No, you did that and you're getting off on it. Sorry. Okay. I don't know what happened to me. <laughs> I'm so, I don't stop. either, but it was good. Uh, it was a good thing. <laughs> well, I mean, another another thing that this 
kind of relating to what you're talking about, another uh, outcome here is that <laughs> you'll like this stat. Reading a passage from critical race theory author Ta-Nehisi Coates resulted in a 15 percentage point drop in black respondents' belief that they have control over their lives. Wow. Wow. It is, it is a major, major problem. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot here uh, in, in the report. So if anyone's interested, I'll post the link. But um, just to be clear, police killings of African-Americans declined by 60% to 80% from the late 1960s to the early 2000s and have remained at that level ever since. Um, and just to also be clear, uh, social media, so education didn't play a role in the sense that it's not that dumber people don't know that, or less, I'll say, I won't say dumb. It's not say, it's not that less educated people don't know that more people die in car accidents than get shot by police. Education wasn't a factor. Social media use was a massive factor for feeling that race relations were much worse than they were and yep. for overestimating this kind of thing. And I I immediately was like, well, I don't know, maybe there's some other co-factors with social media use. But according to this, this effect holds when controlling for age, education, income, partisanship, ideology, gender, wow. And contact with whites, all that stuff holds. They control for all of that, um, and this, you still end up with this, you know, really skewed, incorrect understanding of the world around you. And to be in the, I mean, we can step back and say, okay, this is a problem for society generally. That like we have this false narrative and we're going to do stupid things like blame every disparate outcome on systemic racism and blah, blah, blah. Um, but it has a real psychological impact on African-Americans. Of all of the stats, that one bothered me the most. Reading a passage from Ta-Nehisi Coates gives you that 15% drop in basically self-efficacy. Like what a horrible, horrible feeling. No wonder that girl's crying. Yeah. She feels like nothing. She, yeah. she feels like she's been taught to feel like the world is out to get her. White, whites in particular out to get her. You know, I was reading some excerpts from Ta-Nehisi Coates recently that specifically were about this. They were excerpts specifically saying that if you are a young black child, you have no control. Basically indoctrinating people who read it to believe or trying to indoctrinate people to believe you have no control over your life. All the forces are against you if you're black. It's so disempowering. It's it, right. it robs people of agency. It fills their head with lies. And um, uh, you know that you know. Actually, I was reading it because I there's another another just and today I'm just going to be I guess maybe highlighting people to follow. There's a great uh, this guy on a, a Twitter called the Woke Temple. If you guys aren't following the woke temple, I would follow him. He's awesome. I got to meet him in person uh, here in Texas. And he is trying, what he's trying to do is create infographics and memes and stuff that challenge critical race theory and challenge social justice ideology. And he was highlighting some of these parts of Ta-Nehisi Coates that are basically like, hey, hey, young black men, 
you have no hope of or chance of anything. <laughs> like, yeah. give up. Yeah. They're just lies. I mean, it's just, they're just lies. And, you know, racial attitudes in the United States have been getting better consistently for several decades. Um, acceptance of, you know, <laughs> acceptance of, of interracial marriage and all the, all the kind of things that you would measure for people's attitudes, they've all been getting better. Um, not worse. But here we are in this bubble of they I, they looked at the he looked at the data and right around 2014 the use of the word racism and racist started like taking off in mainstream publications and elsewhere and like became much more prevalent to be talking about this stuff but in actuality there was not in fact it doesn't look like there was even an increase in racially motivated crimes during the Trump administration which was of course part of the fundamental uh, narrative with respect to Trump. Yeah. That it was increased racism. Just not this true. is this is amazing. It's I want to read this. So we'll definitely put the link up. The social construction of racism in the United States. I, I this just this is one of those times where I'm I'm not surprised by the findings. It's it's like one of those right. things where yeah, right. it, it, but it's it lines still good up to know the sense, numbers. But it's good to know the numbers. So it's not just yeah. your gut assumption of what's going on. You're like, okay, and look at this study. Um yeah, fifteen percent drop in the belief that they can control. They have control over their lives. That's amazing. What are we yeah. doing to our kids? Yeah, and I guess it's not also not surprising because there is the and he references this in the beginning of the paper. There's the uh, de Tocqueville paradox, right? Where who I think Alexis de Tocqueville noticed it in the French Revolution originally, and then in America, where as as social problems get better, the outrage over the remaining social problems increases so it's wow. almost this like weird spiral of like uh, you know the more you eat the hung hungrier you get almost right yes um so that's kind of what we're we're seeing here things are getting better but the more the better they're getting the more outrage we are at tiny little things the other thing he brought up uh, about the left which I'm glad that this guy did um, because you see people talk about the left as, you know, we, we saw, um, who was it? Who wrote the coddling of the American mind? Jonathan Haidt and Greg Lukianoff, right? We saw them talk about the psychological components of the left. And you see people like James Lindsay and Helen Pluckrose talk about the philosophical foundations of the left. And this guy kind of combined the two a little bit uh, and, and talked about the Freudianism inherent in a lot of these and how that enables this stuff. In, in, the, in the Freudianism that he's talking about is the sensitivity. So what they do is they they take this concept of, of psychological sensitivity and they, patholo they, they pathologize things that harm, like they, they exaggerate on it so that it's, they kind of equivocate it with physical harm so that they can get more outraged at psychological harm, so thereby justifying kind of some of the yeah measures that they want to take because you know they'll it's like you're literally harming. erasing me or you're literally harming yeah. me right and and it's all based on this idea that you have some sort of right to psychological comfort yeah <laughs> and a lack of psychological distress completely and that you're this fragile being who who is massively affected by things outside of you and you have no control over it, and you're being psychologically damaged constantly. Um, you know what? 
this is this ties in perfectly with uh, last night. I watched a premiere of the new episode of the Disaffected podcast hosted by Josh Slocum. And by the way, our interview, my interview with uh, Josh is coming out tomorrow on our channel. We're doing a live premiere. Uh, I forget what time, but tomorrow. I Actually, I forgot one time too. Okay, <laughs> but tomorrow you'll you can see our unsafe space interview with Josh Slocum from Disaffected. Anyway, I was watching his episode last night, and he was talking about I was I can never pronounce this word right, so help me, Carter. The infantilization. That sounds good. Okay, why does that word trip me up? It's you a know weird, what I mean. Long word yeah, the infantilization so of of adults in our society and it, and it ties in with this whole coddling of the american mind thing that we're these fragile um childlike creatures uh, he highlighted oh my goodness oh my goodness he highlighted this piece in the new york times that was the new york times okay <laughs> that was about uh these new what they're calling neo pronouns you've heard about alternative pronouns but you heard, have you heard of neo pronouns we got three artists and it's like these ridiculous childlike tumbler tumbler art drawings of these anime looking characters with blue hair and glasses and stuff and it's like my pronoun my neo pronouns are kitten self kitten so and so you know da -da, yeah my neo pronouns are dragon blah 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 and it's just crazy <laughs> fantasy they're literally world. making fun they're like parodies of themselves at this they're point. parodies of themselves and this is the new york freaking times but one uh, of the things uh, he was uh, commenting on was how childlike it is how we've become it's become acceptable to uh for you know for 30 year olds especially females to live in this fantasy childlike world where it's, we treat we treat 30 year olds now a lot of the time culturally as if they're kids and oh absolutely my ears were burning during some of this because um i actually i like a lot of these uh kind of fantasy communities in terms of you know i've been to the larping conventions i've been i i did a, a video i produced a video um back in the day about one of the larping conventions it was so much fun i just like peeking in on people's obsessions sort of and you know i have friends who are big into the um ren fair and stuff like that i love going to ren fair but i think i think the the danger is when all of that fun and frivolity and childlike stuff that fantasy stuff when it becomes your identity that's the that's the line so it's some people that is that is where they get their sense of identity and now the new york times is is like yeah you know come on you're with your kitten self <laughs> and your dragon self yeah. like well and here to me I, I just look at it and i think here's what's not adult about it play is fine yeah. play is healthy adults can play they can play soccer they can play ren fair they can LARP, yeah. they can like, they can play silly games, they can play charades, they can dress up, they can do different things. Um, I th actually think, frankly, I think a lot of kink is just play. It's an adult version of play, right? Mm -hmm. Adults can play, but play needs to be play. Yes. Kids play all the time, which is why we look at that and go, well, they're kind of being treated like kids because what we're doing is we're saying, well, you can, you can take your play world and demand that the rest of us treat it seriously. And like, that's the delusional part, right? If you're at a Ren Fair and someone has a heart attack, you don't <laughs> not call 911. You don't, you're not like, well, let's call the witch doctor because oh, we have, I don't know what they had, right? Like, 
you don't get out the you know break out your smelling salts from 1550 or whatever and like you you pull out your cell phone you break character and you call 911 because someone's having a heart attack because reality matters like there is something serious as an adult you have to deal with but it's like if these people were at a ren fair and someone had a heart attack they would just be like get the priest like I don't, <laughs> they, get the shaman they, yeah get the shaman they they like i can't break no. my character ever the friar get the friar get the friar yeah so at t to me that there's a real there's something really um not just dangerous, but pathetic about an adult who refuses to ever take life seriously. Like every, it's gotta be my, my play name is my name. I don't care if you wanna be called Dragon Kin during your furry festival thing, <laughs> fine. But when you're out and you go to Starbucks afterwards or you're at work, you're not Dragon Kin anymore. That's over, that was playtime. <laughs> you were having fun with your friends, but you're not actually a dragon. <laughs> you've harmed me that's that's harm <laughs> right but that's i mean that's the big problem is that and we've got this it's such i mean coddling is a great word for them to have chosen for the title of that book because yeah it really is coddling and it's just we don't want to we'll upset you if we tell you your play isn't real i mean that's what this that's new, crazy this new york times piece that's what it's like they basically they have they have he was reading from the article and there there are parts in there about you know um, how much hate they receive and and also it's written very poorly it's written this is a New York Times piece that went through uh, presumably had an editor and it's it's written like a Tumblr maybe blog. it was a dragon a furry dragon <laughs> editor who knows what dragon kind of editor, editor it was yeah but they uh, he was he was Josh was reading some of the the pieces and it was talking about the harm and the hate they received but this was funny because it was right after saying that not very many people know about neo pronouns yet and I was like wait a minute so you just told us you just admitted that nobody knows about you guys but yet you face a lot of hate but there's like a lot of hate you're thirsting for hate dude it's like I can't wait to get out there and get some hate from my dragonkin self you know like, but but yeah, it is it is a thing about I was I was thinking about it after that and it, it is a thing about identity, which is what a lot of social justice ideology is about. They are telling you your identity is very important. Power is very important. That you know, the world is a competition for power among identity groups. Well, think about it. You get power in this ideology and now in society at large, now that this ideology's gone mainstream, you get power from the more of these marginalized or oppressed identities right. you can claim that's why people with mental health problems are suddenly like bragging about it and and people are coming yeah. up with mental health problems who's like i'm an oppressed identity <laughs> i have bpd and, and i'm so, gonna identify as a woolly mammoth i'm literally extinct carrie there's no one more extinct. oppressed yes <laughs> but but think about it so if you uh, if you are not getting enough claps and cookies for being oppressed Especially if you're um, white and and male or you know and straight or now there's like a hundred genders you can choose from to the, oh I'm gonna pick one of these oppressed genders and and there's uh, different sexualities you can choose from Mike Harlow and I were laughing about this there's one called demisexual now and there's a straight guy he knew who was like I'm in an What's oppressed a demisexual well get 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 ready for it he's like I'm a the straight guy's like well I'm an oppressed minority I'm a demisexual what's that mean well, I'm only sexually attracted to people that I'm also emotionally attracted to. 
Okay, that's not a sexuality. (laughs) (laughs) It's certainly not an oppressed sexuality. What is wrong? You, they're they're just coming up with all these, you know. And now I'm a dragon. Apps like Tinder are traumatizing me. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> and it's it is you know what we are suffering from a collective mental illness we, there's mental illness i think nowadays like there are these personality oh, disorders and things all around us that's what the the disaffected podcast is about but it's it's becoming we're in a culture that encourages this the the social justice ideology encourages it it incentivizes it it's it helps you in this belief system and now in society at large to say I'm in this oppressed identity um, that's, you know, dragonkin or whatever, and I'm a demi, I'm a oppressed sexuality, and and just to continue living in these fantasy places. Right. It's, I mean, that's insane. why that's why people use the word delusional. It is actually delusional, right? If yeah. if you have a child who pretends to be Superman, um, I was actually telling my daughter this story this morning. When I was really young, I was delusional. I was, we were playing Superman. I decided to jump off the dresser because I could fly. And like, I like my teeth went through my lip and I had stitches or whatever. Right. Cause I was an idiot. I was a kid. Right. Um, but that's like a delusion. If your kid really thinks it, uh, I've, eventually you have to sit them down and be like, you know, you can't actually fly. You can't be jumping off the dresser. Like there's, there's reality to contend with, but we are encouraging literal delusion. And the more delusional someone is, the more we insist vociferously that the world has to agree that their delusion is correct. Yes, we are trying to. So what they're doing is they're trying to remake society through legislation. They are trying to remake society so that the teeth won't go through the lip. They're saying, right, which is literally impossible, yeah, but yeah. yeah, which is impossible. But that's what they're trying to do. They're like, let's not let reality shatter all these delusions we're telling right. people to have. Let's try and keep the teeth from going through the lip. Okay, let's let's push this legislation. You know, in Canada, you can get thrown in jail now if you don't use a person's preferred pronouns because we don't want to let the teeth go through the lip. This is and and you know, just to remind people, it may take a while, but. Reality always wins. That's why communism ends with mass graves. Reality always wins. Your delusions don't actually work. They don't get sustained for a while. In fact, delusions are only... Sus- Here's the thing, by the way, which this is, this, is my, um, this is my call to the majority of people who recognize that this is ridiculous and are silent. <sighs> delusions only persist by the good graces of the non-delusional. Yes. Delusional people can't function. They can't eat, they can't they can't they can't be productive, they can't put their shoes on. People that are delusional cannot exist. Now, that's a massive uh, bunch lots of delusion. I mean, some of these people are not completely delusional, right? They can do some of those things, but fundamentally, their delusion is being subsidized by the non-delusional who are refusing refusing to call them out on it. And by the way, not only are you hurting the rest of society, you're actually hurting them. Someone needs to slap them upside the head and say, dude, you are not going to be happy if you are going to demand that you are always recognized as a large empty room and that's your pronoun and you're going to go to your grave on that. Like, that's not going to work. It's It's not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to be happy. You're not a large empty room. 
let's have some therapy. Let's move you over to, you can pretend to be a large empty room if that's really exciting to you on weekends, but you're not, right? Um, and it's existing only because, you know, just like socialism exists only because of capitalists, like every socialist system ever is like this. Capitalists accumulate wealth. A bunch of whiners decide to steal the wealth. They steal the wealth. They spread it out. They all die because no one's producing anymore, and they start it again later. Like, it's just, yeah. it's the same thing. We are we are granting them the, <laughs> we are granting them the, the I'll use the word spiritual and and culture, cultural and moral uh, sustenance that they need to keep going. They can't do it without us. They can't do it. They want you to agree, Carrie, because they don't believe that they're a dragon kin. If they really believed it, they wouldn't give a crap whether you said that they were a dragon kin. They need you to say it because yeah. you're helping construct their delusion for them. You're, they're helping to, it's like, to go back to your Superman analogy, jumping off the dresser, it's like mm -hmm. they're, they're asking us to put a pillow there so, the, so that their teeth don't go through their lip. But then what happens that they continue to believe they're Superman Next thing you know, they're jumping off a building. Like you said, reality always catches up right. eventually. And when it catches up, the, I think it's going to be much more, more catastrophic because society, it's not, just, it's not just reality catching up to each of these individuals. It's to society as a whole. We are well, remaking we society. Are responsible. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're making the loan to these people. We're loaning them reality. Like <laughs> we're doing the work dealing with reality and we're letting them get away with not dealing with reality. And that's a debt that we incur and we all have to pay it. Yeah. Like the amount of delusion that's in society is a debt that society owes. And yeah, maybe they'll pay more of that than you will, but you're going to pay it. It's also, you know, a lot of the, the people they talk to in this New York Times piece about neo pronouns were kids. Hmm. And he was reading, Josh was reading from some of it. There was a 13 year old. There was this part that made him really sad that, yeah, it was sad. It, they don't see it as sad, but they're using children. It's the same thing with what I was getting so upset about earlier, lying to children and instilling them with fear about with these false narratives that if they're a black child, they need to live their life in fear of white people and the right. police. Um, it, instilling children with fear that that they need to be to wear a mask all the time and be afraid of people who don't have a mask on. That's a lie, and that is fear. And then and then we're doing it with all this identity stuff. We're telling, we're instilling children with this this false belief with lies that they need to pick their identity and their gender identity, and they need to figure out if they're cis or trans or if they're one of these other multiple identities. And they don't need to do that. We are we are effing with kids heads like a whole generation right we and have we to don't... though yeah because adults if you so let's say i want to convince you of a grand delusion well you're 40 something you're not you're hard to convince of a grand delusion but kids i could convince the next generation of a grand delusion and then they'll just grow up believing the delusion like yeah. it's way easier like it's harder to convince me than it will be to convince my child, right? Like my child will have no con like if you if you indoctrinate, it'll work. What was the Catholic Church used to say? I think the priest used to say, "Give me a kid till the age of was it six or seven, and I have him for life." I have him for life. Yeah, 
Okay, that was a downer. We started on such an upper. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> well, uh, I have more down. Can we do more okay. downing? Uh, let's just fall it... down here. Let's just. Keep We're already going. here. <laughs> I just I meant to talk about this on Friday, but the discussion on Friday went other directions, and it was a great discussion. So yeah. I didn't throw it in. Um, did you see the Adam Toledo video? And have you heard about all this stuff going on? Uh, I've seen a lot of things. What's the Adam the thirteen-year-old in Chicago who was shot by a cop? I did not see the video. I've heard about it. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I did see the video. I did see the video. Yeah, and he had a gun. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I, I don't know if this will be caveat or not a caveat. A a shout out to my libertarian, minarchist, anarchist friends who don't want there to police be police in the first place, like or whatever. I get it. I'm going to have this discussion in the context of most people want to live in a society in which there are police who use force to stop people from doing things that are bad uh, initiations of the use of force like most so let's just let's let's take that kind of libertarian angle not the anarchist libertarian angle for just a moment so if you're going to have police let's just talk about what happened this kid was 13 years old uh there were reports of gunfire the cop shows up and you can see this on the body cam footage now that's been released. There's two people. One of them they subdue right away. One of the cops gets him and, and an she hand, handcuffs him. He's an adult. Yeah, by the way, no one knows that this kid's 13. Like, he, he's, he looks young, but, you, I mean, tall enough that he could be 17, 18. You don't know, right? It's dark. Mm -hmm. you, you have no idea he's 13. So he's run, he, he bolts. He runs away from the cop with a gun in his right hand. Okay. So he's running, and the cop's yelling for him to stop and blah, blah, blah. And he gets to an opening in a fence. And he approaches the opening, and if the fence is on his right side, he's, he's running, and he approaches that opening in the fence. And have you ever seen, you know the beginning of James Bond, where there's the little character that walks, the silhouette that walks and suddenly, like, turns and shoots, right? Like, yeah. pulls out his weapon and shoots, right? Okay. So the kid, gun in his right hand, Fence on his right side, opening on his right side, stops at the opening, and in one move and in one motion, turns towards the cop, throwing the gun behind the fence and putting his hands up all at the same time. Right? So it's like he stops, flip, hands up. Now the cop, then the cop shoots him, one shot, and he ends up dying. I just want, I know I don't like empathy for cops a lot of times, but I just want to like empathize with the cop for just a minute. If you believe that police should exist at all. <laughs> You've chased a guy. You don't know he's 13. You know, he's got a gun. You know, there've been gunshots fired. You think he's got a gun. You see that he's got a gun. There was a gun recovered. He's got a gun in his right hand. You're chasing him. He stops. You can't see his right hand when he stopped. It's behind him. Right? So you can't see the right hand where the gun was. The gun's there. He turns. You can't really see the right hand. He just turns around and faces you. You shoot. That's what you do. You shoot. Because he could just as easily be turning around with the gun in his hand. 
and shoot you and then you're dead you don't have time you don't want to be shot as a cop like cops are allowed to not want to die that's okay they're allowed to want to protect their own lives we have to give them that as a non-cop <laughs> if i don't know why i would be chasing anyone but if someone was standing there with a gun and i knew that they were confrontational with me in some way and there was a you know we had an adversarial relationship like the cop does with the person he's chasing the guy turns around quickly like that, I'm gonna shoot. I don't wanna die. Now, as it turns out, now everyone's using the, the one, like, couple frames of the video where he's like, got his hands up. And they're like, look, the cop shot him when his hands were up. That's true, technically the cop shot him when his hands were up. But it takes about, what, 250 milliseconds for the decision between firing the weapon and the trigger finger to be pressed. He probably made that decision as the kid was starting to turn and was throwing the gun at the same time. Like, he probably made that decision as soon as he noticed body movement was turning towards him. If the kid was actually, and the story here, the narrative is he complied. He didn't comply. If he was complying, he would stop. He would put the gun down. He was trying to hide the gun and turn around in some quick fashion. I don't know what, he probably wasn't thinking what it looked like to the cop, right? He was just trying to be sly and get rid of the gun but if he had just stopped and dropped the gun and put his hands up and then turned around he wouldn't have been shot uh and it's tragic that it's a 13 year old kid i don't like it it's not a situation that i like i'm not saying yay that cop is great i'm just saying that neither is the cop bad he's just protecting himself what the hell do you expect a cop to do in that situation yeah. because in this particular situation he would have been fine if he had not shot but in other situations he would be dead and you wouldn't be out protesting the street and burning Starbucks and angry that the cop was killed because the guy turned and shot him. You would say, well, better train the cop better. It's his problem. He shouldn't be shot. Like, well, that's what this means. It means that sometimes this is going to happen. Can I? Okay, something occurred to me while you're talking about this. I, I agree. And I agree with people in the chat who said it was a justified shooting. It was a justified shooting. Right. And it's unfortunate. And it's and it's unfortunate that he died from it also. And it's unfortunate to be the cop who killed him all around tragic situation. But it right. was a justified shooting. And I am insulted that we even have to talk about this, that we live in a country where they have done such a good job of selling this false bullshit narrative that we have to, as a nation now, focus on this. And they are liars. Let me let me just I just drew this while you're talking. The, these... Wait, hold on. Let me make you full screen so okay. people can see it more easily. <laughs> Look, you know, we were talking about earlier how we're living in a country now that is socializing kids, that is effing up kids' heads, feeding them lies, feeding them lies about how it's unsafe to be around people who don't have a mask. How, we're feeding them lies about, you know, for little kids, they don't know anything different than the way we've allowed them to live during this pandemic, during this lockdown. They, they think this is normal. We're raising a generation of kids who are living in fear with lies in their head that we're feeding them. We're feeding black kids lies that they need to fear for their life. And how are we doing it? We're showing, we're highlighting, we're cherry picking stories like this, which don't represent the norm. And, and, and so Carter's talking about, you're talking about statistically earlier, this study that said eight in 10 black men agree that they're more likely to be shot by police than to die in a car accident, which is a terrible lie. 
that kids are growing up believing this. So just to go back to this for a second, we are filling kids' heads full of lies. We're filling their heads full of lies about gender identity and all this stuff that's messing them up. And these are children in society, this great big group of people that the social justice people and the people pushing these lies in the media, they don't care about any of this. They don't care about what we're doing to a whole generation of children. But here's what they care about. They'll pick one story, cherry pick one story that represents the lie they want to sell. And then they'll run that on the media. We'll get protests and riots in the street, which are destroying communities, a lot of black communities, a lot of black kids' lives. And we, and we have this continuous cycle that they're feeding into where, where we're supposed to emote and, 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 and focus on and everybody needs to determine what their opinion is, on, is about this, these cherry-picked cases which don't represent the norm and they sell us this story. And why do 8 out of 10 black people believe they're more likely to, killed by, to be killed by police than a car accident, which is completely false? It's, it's, as Carter said, it's orders of magnitude in the other direction. Why do they believe that? Because of all the media focus and attention on these cherry pick stories that we have to come up with our opinion. And meanwhile, they're ignoring all of these kids. They're ignoring what they're doing to people. They don't care. And they claim the moral high ground. They don't have the moral high ground. They don't care about kids. But, but one, the other thing is they are really good at doing this. What we talked about talking to the elephant, speaking to the emotional mind, telling a story, instead of, instead of looking at facts and statistics, which is that you are order of magnitudes more likely to be killed in a traffic accident than you are to be killed by a police officer, instead of telling people those stats and telling people the facts and the true story, they cherry pick stories that tell the story they want to tell and they blow it up all over media. We don't do that as well. We don't have a story in the media that's like, Here's this child who has anxiety disorder now and, and stomach pains and is crying and terrified to go outside and terrified to hug his grandparents and terrified to be on the playground with other kids without a mask. We don't tell that. We don't cherry pick that. This is Adam. Let's look at Adam. And, you know, we don't tell the stories the way they do. They are magnificent liars because they personalize it and they take these stories and they tell a lie with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I think good journalism if you if you think journalism should tell stories, I mean, I think you could just have journalism that just reports facts. But if you want to have if you want to have moral journalism that like does human interest pieces or whatever, like tries to to tell stories, I think you need to start with the facts. You need to start with the stats, and then you need to pick representative examples of stories that represent yes facts. And when you have a counter, it doesn't mean you can never tell the counter story. When you have a story that doesn't represent the facts, that's an anomaly, I think you need to say it. So you can say, look, here's an example of blah, 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 blah. This doesn't happen very often. In fact, it's quite rare. Usually it's the other way around. But in this story, blah, 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 blah. That's how you present those if you want to be a good journalist. But obviously, that's not the agenda here. And you're right, they don't care about the kids. I, I, can I respond to one thing? Because I saw someone in chat say, does it have to be a kill shot? Um, I, I Look, I get, I get that a lot of people haven't ever fired a gun. I get that you get your information from Hollywood. I don't blame you for that. Um, if you've fired weapons, if you've trained at all in even semi, like I've never been a cop, but I've, I've trained in... I've trained with cops and I've trained some cops and like if you just even if you just train in a mildly stressful situation um 
the the whole Hollywood narrative that you like shoot them in the leg or some other garbage that doesn't that's not a thing when you're when you're shooting um you are you train to shoot center mass because you need to hit and you're not trying to kill you're trying to stop the threat sometimes that will result in death sometimes it won't but you're just trying to hit center mass you just try and hit center mass uh you know a an execution would have been probably a couple shots to center mass to steady the head and then one more into the central nervous system that's an execution because it's like i stopped him from moving i got the head straight now i can take my time and nail one in the central nervous system that's an execution this was one shot to the chest to to get the kid to stop and you know the, the guy probably shot and then after shot after he shot he probably saw that his hands were up like after he pressed that trigger he probably saw oh the kid's hands are up and the kid fell and there's no reason to do anything anymore so he went and tried to save him. Um, but but holding, if you if you're getting your information about gunfights from Hollywood, stop telling cops how to shoot. That's not a thing. That's you don't not, shoot the leg. Yeah. You don't every. It's, there's not like no kill shot. Like it's nobody that's not a thing. goes to the range and and practices on hitting a leg or because you can't. You can't, yeah. It, anyway, I, I let's get to. Is it okay if we do some super chats so we get through just? A yes, we didn't least. do a bunch on Friday, and I feel bad about that. So let's. Do so some I'm just gonna read some of the ones I can see backwards, and then you can go. Penumbra Syndicate, thank you, sir. Says next time I go down with a broken bone or something, I'm gonna call for the friar and the white mage. <laughs> Amen and a woman. That's a Renfair joke from earlier. The, the friar and the white mage, and then I saw Adam Coleman. Uh, Adam Coleman. Which, by the way, again, uh, he's got a new book out called From Black Victim to Black Victor. Since so t- Today's the day that we're promoting folks. Adam Coleman, check him out. He says the SJWs see black people as criminals, hence they have no issue mixing criminal issues as being the black experience. They don't expect any different. I agree. Yeah. And yeah. then we have, uh, let's see, Johnny Boy Quick Draw. Thank you, sir, says SJW insanity is compounded by mask hysteria. Kids don't have facial cues as part of overall socialization. We are raising a generation of sociopaths. See, this is my fear. All of we're using kids as guinea pigs. We have no idea the long term psychological impact of what we're doing, of what we're allowing to happen as a society. I don't mean us individually. I know a lot of you as parents don't let your kids wear masks. And I'm just saying as a society, what what's happening to this young generation? We don't. We we're not even allowed to ask that question. We're we're. I mean, called, I I would say know, I would say we don't know, but it's we know it's not good. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. Babies need to see facial cues. That's how they learn. We know that a lot of, as you said, you think we're raising a whole generation of sociopaths. We know a lot of sociopaths and and psychopaths did had a problem with attachment early in infanthood and childhood, a, an attachment problem for one reason or another with their parents. It's like you you learn facial facial cues as a baby. This is part of attachment and and we're not doing we're not Well, imagine this. You know how when you speak to someone face to face it's the e- it's easiest because you can tent, you sense uh, you get a sense of their body language and tone and everything, right? And then slightly harder is maybe just a phone conversation, but at least you get tone, but you don't get the body language. And the worst is like text right? Because you yeah. get nothing, right? Well, if you're raising a generation of kids that don't get facial cues, 
you lose that first level of you like you're gonna conversations are going to be worse things are going to be worse because it's as if everything's a voice conversation yeah. only i mean uh, they'll get some body language still obviously but you know it's it's it can't be a good impact on uh building empathy frankly or communication and connection no, with not. other people and and i'm gonna just again encourage people to if you want i'm not telling people if you don't want to go maskless that's up to you but if you're a person who wants to go maskless and you're afraid i'm going to encourage you to get past that fear in small ways there's a group in austin it's called unmask austin on facebook join that group we are planning events around austin and surrounding areas where we're going to go shopping together maskless for people who have fear come with me come with me shopping honey it's fine <laughs> we'll help you get past it and uh and if you don't have a group like that in your area maybe start one find some friends who want to do it with you but um anyway you know we went out to we went out to eat on was it sunday no saturday we went out to eat on saturday and my daughter she commented she was like i don't i forgot what this is like i don't remember it's weird to sit in a restaurant and see people's faces and stuff. And I was like, yeah. And it's not, you know, we're not really strict about mask stuff, but everyone, she can't go anywhere where without masks everywhere. Um, cause they're, they're everywhere. But now in restaurants are a little bit, they're opening up a little bit and you can like look around the restaurant and there's people without masks. Some of them have like their mask pulled down to here and they're on, but yeah. you know, a lot, most people just rip the mask off and sit and chat like normal people and have meals. Did did you see a oh, uh, little ragamuffin, uh, Jennifer, uh, let's plug another channel, little ragamuffin patterns and designs, little ragamuffin. We have an interview with her on deprogrammed about her pushing back against the social justice mob that came for her. She's a sewist who uh, was basically dragged and tried to, they tried to cancel her and she didn't bend the knee. She's one of my favorite freedom fighters. Anyway, she recently posted a picture that's in a lot of the restaurants in Vegas and it was a sign. These signs are everywhere, she said, and it shows you it's a little diagram. It's like how to safely move your mask up and down while eating in between bites. <laughs> like what is wrong with you? <laughs> People are doing this crazy stuff. I already hate Vegas. That just happened. Uh, by the way, I have a question for you. What's the difference between a sewist and a seamstress? I don't know. I don't know. What's is the a sewist line? a different thing? No, I, I, oh. I don't know. I've never heard the word <laughs> sewist, but you've used it to describe her. I don't know what a sewist is. Is it different? I don't than a know. Oh. I think it's different. We'll have to find out. Hey, what time does what time does Sean Connery go to Wimberley? I don't know. Tennis. Okay. <laughs> you liked it. I did. That's why. <laughs> yeah. It's a good dad joke. Okay. I can't see any more of the super chats. You got to take control. All right. Um, and we'll work our way backwards here. Well, no, I'll here. I'll start from the beginning of time rather than. Um, Azor says, are you ready for the incoming Chauvin S-Storm? No, 
but I know there is it is going to come as or I'm not ready. But I think doesn't um don't they have they rested yet? Are they resting this week, today, prosecution rest. It's almost over. I'm not sure, but um yeah, there's some there's going to be no matter what happens, there's going to be awful things I think happening, and but but it's going to be. Worse I, I think you're me. right. It'll be yeah. Um, oh, by the way, they said I messed up that joke. It's called Wimbledon. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I'll correct oh. it next what, time. What did you say? Wimberly. <laughs> oh, I yeah, I didn't. <laughs> I might have. I don't think I'd have got it anyway. But I, I think know, you okay. were just. I do know what Wimbledon is. I didn't know what Wimbledon. Yeah. Yes, that was. I was. I was distracted. Uh, Wimberly. <laughs> it sounds like a Harry Potter place. Wimberly. Um. Roger H. gives us a sticker with a thumbs up. Um, Binary Bard says, My state governor thinks excluding white kids from scholarships is good. Also, a friend said only vaccinated people can come to his house. (laughs) Fun week. Is that state governor the one that we talked about last week? Um, Who who was it, Carrie? Was it New Mexico or somewhere around there? It wasn't New Mexico. I'm not sure. Utah. Utah. Utah Jazz. It was the Utah. Oh, the one, Utah Jazz. Wilder North Botanicals says, "Did you ever hear Jen Psaki say that they are using NASCAR and Deadliest Catch to convince conservatives to get the vaccine?" No, I did not hear. What? Her say that. That's hilarious. <laughs> you know, I have noticed though that they're targeting. They seem to be targeting uh, black people on Facebook because. They have these propaganda style videos on Facebook that show up in your feed, whether you like it or not. And it's a whole, it'll be a whole row of videos of like, look at celebrities getting the vaccine. And it's a lot of black celebrities or the same with politicians. And I'm like, they're really going hard to try and Well, sell black there was just a vaccine. story on NPR this morning about that. And it was, they all thought that the black community would be the most hesitant because of just and everything else and they've mm-hmm. they've gone to great lengths to convince the black community to take yeah the they vaccine. admit that they're targeting them yeah yeah they totally admit it but uh the story on npr was but to our astonishment uh the whites the White. whites don't want to take it either <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, they're so now they're coming after um the weird thing is if you look at the stats i've actually looked this up because i was interested um they there is a reticence on, in the black community and the Latino community towards taking the vaccine, and they view this as problematic, and so they've been targeting a lot of propaganda at black people, trying to convince them that it's okay to get the vaccine. Um, and they will they'll there's articles where they admit this, like on that NPR piece, they admit that they're yeah. they're trying to convince black people to take the vaccine. Um, and now there's also a lot of articles where they're demonizing. It's a continuation of this demonization of white evangelical Christians. There's a lot of articles right. coming out now where they're saying white evangelicals are so anti-science and they're so anti-vaccine and this is a problem. And and the the tone, look at the two ways they talk about the two Written different... Written by kids. someone who's a dragonkin. A dragonkin. So <laughs> the two different ways they talk about these problematic communities, right, is different. When they talk about black people and Latino people not wanting to take the vaccine, it's talked about in this um, sort of reverent way with like, um, it, and and it, they acknowledge that they there might be hesitancy in the black community because of things, racist things like Tuskegee. And, and it's sort of with this, um, they write about it in this tone of like, 
How do we help them see that this is good for them and they need to take the vaccine? These poor black people that don't know that what's good for them because of our terrible racist past, and it is a terrible racist past. Yeah. But then and when it's they understandable were, that when, they have this attitude. Right, it's understandable. To, it's different now. And we have to, how do we help them, right? It's the savior right. complex. But when they yeah. write about the white evangelicals not taking the vaccine, the tone is totally different. It's not, <laughs> how do we help them see these poor, stupid evangelicals? They don't write about it that way. They're like, these evil, racist, crazy, anti-science <laughs> evangelicals, what, they're going to kill us all. And something needs to be done about them. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> It's totally different. It's like, ah, what are we going to do about these awful idiot, you know, even white evangelicals? It's a night and day difference. I just, Can you imagine if they did that to the black community? <laughs> yeah, they would never. All oh, these idiots. In the the anti-science. Bl- yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Another super chat says, Azor says, you two have definitely rubbed off on each other. LOL. I don't know how, but that's probably true. Have we? Uh, I'm still hatless. Because I told a dad joke? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) We've definitely rubbed off on each other. You got to tell your daughter that joke and see if she laughs. She doesn't know who Sean Connery is. Oh, Oh, that's right. Oh, damn it. So (laughs) (laughs) I think it will be lost on her. (laughs) Apparently, you don't need to know what Wimbledon is to get it. Uh just use Wimberly, but she doesn't know who Sean Connery is. I'm pretty sure that's necessary. Uh, uh, let's see. Oh, we read this one already. Wait, I th- maybe. Yeah, we did. Did you read the journal poems one? Thank you for sharing, Carrie. Yeah. I think we did. Yeah. yeah, I did. Azora says uh, they see this as a virtual moral high ground. I'm sorry. I don't even know. That's a, <laughs> We've lost context. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pirate Tomsky says there was a race report produced by UK government, which found no evidence of systemic racism in the UK. Provides a lot of data-driven evidence worth a read. Oh, cool. Uh, send me the link to that or whatever. Yes, please send that. Foulball Production says, Ta-Nehisi Coates is writing the new Superman, by the way. Yeah, we've mentioned that before. I mean, I'm not super into Superman anyway, but I guess he could definitely ruin it. Because he's writing Captain Marvel and he's making Jordan Peterson a Nazi. Like Red <laughs> Skull. Yeah. Up is down. Down is up, guys. This is the world we're in. I say let's yeah. just embrace it <laughs> and make fun of it. It's a. It's I mean, a crazy... at some point, at some point, like the words will just flip, and yeah. being bad will be good, and being evil will be good, and like we'll just flip the words. A Nazi will mean it, they, not they are, racist. <laughs> yeah, because they've they they're they're stripping words of meaning by yeah. using them. Uh, incorrectly and with lies and um, the opposite of what they mean. So look at how much they've uh, diluted the word Nazi and racist and all this stuff by calling anyone who doesn't agree with their racist belief system those words. It's it's incredible. But yeah, it's it, up is down, down is up. Yep. Finest City Cycling says, my local health department set up a VAX website for black people for equity. Link to the actual site to schedule appointments is dead. Also has outdated info about the Johnson & Johnson jab, and they wonder why there's distrust slash hesitancy. This is the thing, right? It's not weird to not trust the government. Like, it didn't used to be not weird. Like, it didn't used to be weird to say, I'm not sure I trust the government. But now, 
it's it's this Okay. It's this religious government worship. Um, I'm going to read this one? one on screen. Rachel D. Oh, thank okay. you, Rachel. Says Chris Ann Hall started a nonprofit firm to donate or reach out to reach out to for help in battling employers' written requirements to get the C19 vaccine. Um, another great plug. Chris Ann Hall is a constitutional lawyer. We've had her on Unsafe Space before, and she's brilliant. And you should go follow her if you're interested in you know, legal expertise and constitutional law. And I didn't know she had done that. So if you are someone who is facing requirements at work to get a vaccine, go check out what Rachel's Rachel's talking about on Chris Ann Hall's channel. I want to read this one too. Mephisto Zarces. I just okay. want to read that name. Thank you. Says God bless the red, white, and blue, whether it's the union Jack or the star and stripes, we must stand together. Love from the UK. Uh, love for you guys. Thank you for that. United by color. But Australia, you're excluded. And Maria Tuscan. It's the day of plugs. If Maria Tuscan, if you guys don't know Maria, if you're new to the channel, we have an interview with her. Uh, you can check it. One of, this was one of the first, maybe the third video we did about the SJW Knitting Wars. And we got to talk to her about, much like Little Ragamuffin, being the, the target of this coordinated, hateful, um, bigoted SJW mob who tried to get her canceled. Her shop is called Tuscan Knits. You can find her on Instagram. And um, uh, let's see, she says, thank you, Maria Tuscan. She says, did you hear COVID has not yet found a way to transmit outdoors, even at night? Wait a minute. I haven't heard that. Wait, is this a joke? I think it's <laughs> a joke. Okay. <laughs> Tennis. <laughs> All right, last few super chats. The Captain's Log says hip hop took over as the most popular music genre in America like two or three years ago. A majority black genre, but white supremacy. Yeah. Uh, LPJ says my pronouns are prepping, stockpiling, canning, and hunter. Something tells me Carter is as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Probably I don't hunt as much as you do, probably. Canning. But I would. I need to learn canning. My I don't grandma can either. Yeah. Both of my grandmas canned and my grandma was like I mean, she was all about canning. They had filled up their entire storage space just full of I mean, they you could have lived for a whole lifetime on all the stuff she canned over the years. My um, focus is basically like meat in freezers and ammo so I can go get more meat to put in the freezer and <laughs> ways to keep my power running. Those are my if you have meat, you don't really need any other sustenance. Um, I mean, it's be nice. Other things taste good. I'm not, you know, but all right. The Gay Rascal says, New York Times, all the news unfit to print. And Roger H. says, legs are for sweeping, not shooting. Yeah, why didn't he pull some uh, kung fu jujitsu style stuff on the 13-year-old kid and, and then um, take, him, take him down? In a submission move. Come on. Oh, someone wrote fish, Carter, fish. Yeah, good idea. Fish, is, fish are great, especially if you're near uh, an ocean or whatever. Um, Want to hear a dad joke about fish that I'm now reminded yes, of? Yes, of course. <laughs> totally unrelated to everything we're talking about. Uh, and to see if I can... I'm, I'm going to screw it up, too, because it's been a while. Uh
man, who was the guy who brought? See, I can't even remember who was the guy who brought the Mormons. F- um, Joseph. West. Was it Joseph Smith? Yeah, I think so. Did he make it all the way, or did Brigham Young finish oh. at the end? Oh, are they, there's a test before the joke? <laughs> yeah, I think it was Joseph Smith. We're okay. just going to pretend it was Joseph Smith. So, okay. Joseph Smith, he's he's you know trying to bring the Mormons, and you know every night they sent out scouts to go look and see, you know, is this a good land we can settle in? No, blah blah blah. And so they pack up and they they trek for another day, and then that night the scouts go out and look and see if there's you know are they near anything, um, and. They finally got to Utah, and the scouts went out, and they came back, and they said, Sir, we found a spot. Maybe there's only two things to do. There's nothing to do there. You can just basically fish and fuck. There's nothing to do. And he said, Salt the lake. And that's how we have Mormons. No. <laughs> no one likes Wait, that what? joke. Maybe it's not a dad joke. <laughs> Wait, no. I think you lost me along the way. Salt the lake. Oh, so they can have sex? <laughs> yeah, so there's nothing else to do. <laughs> there's only two things to do. They wanted only one thing to do. <laughs> it took me a second. Delayed there. <laughs> <laughs> it's a dad joke for, like, teenagers. Late teens. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't tell it to my child. Uh, am I sure that's a joke? I am pretty sure, because I have driven through the salt flats, I think the salt was there before the Mormons, but I'm not totally sure. Uh, so that's it. I don't know. What, Thank <laughs> what you, else sir. should we talk about today, Gary? This is a weird I day. I think it's, I mean, we could read some more super chats and wrap it up. I'm, we went, we were in a high note and then we low and then we're back in a high note. I like being in a high note and I kind of want to end on a high note. So it, I'm hesitant to talk about anything that's not a high note at this point. Um, I do want to, not again, not today, but I do want to sometime do a show with you where we sit down and we talk about. Um, morals. Maybe let's, with Bradley. Let's do it with Bradley. He wants to do it. And that would be, I think that would be really interesting. For those who weren't in the speakeasy yesterday, I was telling Carter, uh, we had a guest preacher. There, One of our, another member of our congregation gave the sermon yesterday. But it was an interesting sermon because he had, to, he showed two flow charts at one point that really helped me visually understand a little better what questions I have for Carter or for an atheist about where they believe morality comes from. And anyway, on the flow charts, one was like sort of from a Christian point of view, how things are ordered in terms of like God and then um, the natural order of the world and moral order. And then both of these things flow through subjective human. And anyway, and it was a different chart for atheists. And so when I was describing it to Carter, I said, this really helped me visually understand better how I can have this discussion with you sometimes. And then Carter was like, that, that's not my chart. My chart would be like this. And he was changing it. <laughs> so we'll do that. So I think that'll be really interesting to do with, with, uh, with Bradley Helgerson. And yeah. 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 Anyway. Well, I'm happy to wrap it up. And I know it's only an hour and a half, which is actually quite a long show, but not for us. Um, but I'm happy to wrap it up because I kind of don't want to end on a bad note. Unless unless there's something else that you guys in chat want us to talk about. Uh, we'll wait for just a moment while we say uh, you can go to unsafespace.com to support the show. Um, you can get merch there. Beverly, maybe we'll put a picture of merch on the screen if she's paying attention. And if she's not, then you'll just have to use your imagination. Uh, and there she is. 
See, she's paying attention. And also, uh, book club is coming up on May 2nd. So we alternate between fiction and nonfiction. On May 2nd, we're doing The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, which is here. And then on May 30th, it's Beyond Order, which is Jordan Peterson's new book. Um, so those are the next two books coming up. And we do have a couple super chats. That people, I guess, want to talk about a couple things. Well, so let's go look. And I'll plug a few things, too. So um, we have, oh, this is not us, but I'm going to be this weekend at the Better Discourse Conference. It's put on by MythCon. And I'll be there with people like Mike Harlow, um, Jack Posobiec, Melissa Chen, Jordan Lancaster, Sydney Watson, Will Chamberlain, Libby Emmons, who was on our last show. Mm. Um, that's happening in uh, Wisconsin this weekend. The event is on the 24th of Saturday. And if you're interested, you want more info or tickets, you can go to betterdiscourseevent.com. And what was the other thing? Oh, and if you want to, if you want to be a part of the speakeasy next time, like I mentioned, this is something new we're trying for paid subscribers, and you can subscribe to us at Locals. Find us at Unsafe Space at Locals. Um, you can also subscribe via just go to unsafespace.com and go to the donate page, and there's a lot of different ways you can subscribe. Um, and uh, and you mentioned book club already, so there we go. I did. We have a couple super chats. One is from Kent Anufrichuk, who says, Ontario police refused to do stop and question. People took to the streets, and the provincial government backed off of some of their policies. Um, that's great. I mean, I would really – I don't know how difficult it is for law enforcement to do things like that, like refuse or protest like orders that they're under. I think it's easier for sheriffs than um, city police. But if there is any law enforcement watching, uh, the entire nation, especially sheriffs, we're relying on you to <laughs> defend the Constitution internally. That's your job. And, like, a lot of people will support you if you stand up against laws. If you're asked to enforce laws that are unconstitutional, we'll stand up with you. You just need to have the the guts to stand up and and do it. So yeah, please do it. Because if you want to have respect as a law enforcement officer, show some respect to the Constitution. The less you respect the I mean, I'll just speak for myself. The less law enforcement officers respect the Constitution, the less I respect them. Like, that's what happens. You become just thugs. When you do whatever you're asked, you just become thugs. You're no different. But when you stand for something, and do only what is right and only what is constitutional, suddenly you become a hero. Uh, and there's obviously gradations between those, but be the hero. Be the hero. This is, I want to read this one. This is from Columbus Oh, that's Cynic. fine. I know this one. Yeah. Columbus Cynic says, Carter, my name is Cynic, not NYC Columbus. Cynic, oi, LOL. Thank you, sir, for the big super I know. I, I read it. <laughs> I think sometimes I say Columbus Cynic, and sometimes my eyes glance at it, and I see... NYC. Colum like, yeah, I see like NYC somewhere in it, which isn't even in there, right? It's like some dyslexia happening in the middle for me. Um, but yeah, I know what it is. I'm just, I misspeak sometimes. I'm sorry. It's nothing personal. Um, we, uh, oh, except for that have, I hate um, Columbus. No, I'm kidding. Okay. We have a, uh, also our very first unsafe space retreat is coming up in August in Texas. 
And if you go to unsafespace.com to the retreat page, you can find out more info. We still have a lot of day passes left. And the day pass gets you in for all day on Saturday. We we decided this time, this is the first time we've ever done this. So we'll learn a lot this time for next time. But we did it at a, a big ranch. And so that'll get you to the ranch all day for everything we plan for that day. And um, you just have to find your own lodging now because I think we've sold out of beds. Yeah, we may put mm. a couple more beds up, but we've we hit this weird point where we're kind of internally not sure exactly he's coming and like we're right at the threshold so we need to sort some crap out before we put up one or two more if there might be one or two more that come on but um we're mostly booked but like carrie said day passes galore day passes um why bother thank you sir says conversation on morals is super exciting i'm waiting now oh cool i'm glad other people are interested in that yeah and i think it's more about derivation of morals not what they should be but like how you get them I think we we probably agree a lot on morals. What they yeah, are. I think the end result is similar already. So it's yeah. more of like, how do you get how to are that? they derived? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think it's. I think this is a high we can end on, Carrie. Yeah, I'm high enough. It's a beautiful day in Texas. The red poppies are out, and the blue bonnets, and the black eyed Susans, and I'm gonna go for a walk. And go to the gym and i hope you guys have a do something outside if it's pretty where you're at and have a good weekend all righty oh wait no it's monday <laughs> oh yeah i was gonna go with the weekend have a great weekend <laughs> my bad <laughs> tomorrow we have an interview coming out with josh slocum who's the host of the disaffected podcast and we'll be doing one of those live premieres where you can be in the chat i'll be in the chat for that one so i hope to see you guys tomorrow yep. all right Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thanks for watching. If you're new to the channel, we have a deep content library that includes interviews with everyone from Mike Cernovich to Megan Murphy. So go check it out. If you'd like to see more, please consider supporting the show by visiting unsafespace.com slash donate. You can find us on all the major social media platforms, at least for now, and you can find a community of like-minded individuals on our Unsafe Space chat on Telegram. See you there. Warning, this is an unsafe space dangerous ideas have been detected. The content of this production has not been authorized by the cathedral. Pay no attention to it. The following co-conspirators have been unpersoned and marked for cancellation. The World Health Organization recommends socially distancing from these individuals and wearing at least two sets of earplugs at all times. In the event of an unexpected encounter, cover your ears and scream repeated insults to prevent infection. If you think about it, no one should be allowed to express opinions. But don't. Think about it, I mean. That's not your job. Thinking has been scientifically proven to be less efficient than compliance. The fact that you are still watching this video saddens me.
computer voice Curtis never mind that last line is fake news please disregard it and return to your safe space immediately there will be cake